1: Hot route! Red Seven! Red Seven! Red Seven! John! What? Red Seven! I don't know what Red Seven means. Hot route! I don't... What is hot route?
0: Will you just go stand on the other side, please?
1: Billy Bob!
0: This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run downfield field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico.
1: Oh yeah! That's what we call a sack lunch. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Me the ball. Oh, are you gonna get me the ball? I hope he didn't kill somebody. Because
0: we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the f- difference
1: between winning and losing yeah. between living and dying yeah. I got a whole lot of money no. Y'all no. 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 Bottle key, poppin' no. that no. water, no. man no. no. you yeah. It's a party, it's a party, it's a party Welcome back into 11 Personnel, episode 146 Man, we've been doing this a while, Adam Luckett How many derbies have there been? 148 was that 148th running, yeah, yeah. So we're catching up, we're almost there. <laughs> almost there. I'm uh, so you, uh, you rec- you recording on Wednesday afternoon. Are y'all recovered? Uh, I'm sweaty right now, but recovered. My uh, I, I moved at last fall, and my office setup is in kind of like a sunroom, so there's no AC, but we have windows open, and fan on, and it's already. Even though it's mid-May, it's already feeling like summer and louisville humid, muggy, just downright nasty. So it, it is helping me sweat out all the toxins in my body from the derby. <laughs> what would, would hurt more than anything, my legs, you know, I, I, I don't get a ride to the track. I, I just make a one mile walk and doing that three days in a row, two miles of pop, and then just walking around the the infield and everywhere around the track, it wears on you. I, I, hell, I think I had some shin splints. So it made me feel like I was going through growing pains again, right back in, in middle school. It's
0: a pretty eventful derby day. We had old, old three technique hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, the <laughs> the biggest long shot of long shots. Uh, mm-hmm. My guy on the horse, I think, ran the perfect race.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Was I was pretty big on epicenter. So yep. I wasn't too thrilled when that happened. Uh, did but, you
1: uh did you have epicenter to place though? Yeah, I had a I had a big crossboard bet on epicenter. And, and that should have I uh, yeah, made, I
0: mean I want a good chunk of change, but it would have been all you know a decent yeah. amount more if you yeah, went, yeah.
1: obviously. It, it would have been uh that would have been real nice, but I, I think I at least recouped my uh losses with that place bet. Uh, the three technique horse, I, that's that horse has came uh, across my my board before and I bet it for the name, but I just, you know, wasn't paying attention. There was a lot going on. So we didn't have the most profitable, uh, derby weekend, but we didn't lose all of our money. So that, that's a win. That, that's what I call a win. Um, shout out to, to Sonny Leon, uh, uh, the trainer, Eric Reed, cool story. You love hearing stories like that. That's what makes horse racing fun is, is is having stories like that. And I, I, I tried to, It's hard to explain how big of a long shot it is if you don't know the inside baseball with horse racing. because Especially with the point system that they have. I know. It's hard for horses like that to get in, but like $30,000 claiming horses, those are horses that typically run on like random Tuesdays in July. And and like people like my parents get in syndicates just to be part owners of $30,000 claimers. And I remember going out there right. on one of those random days to watch their horse run for the first time. And this horse led about like 30 links and then lost by 30 links. I mean, that's the kind of crap shoot you get with some of them. And they, they found a winner. They found a winner. And I love the clip of uh, the trainer just like falling over in the paddock, just in disbelief that the horse won. I mean, just outstanding. So a fun time at Churchill Downs. I love to gripe about their prices and, Uh, you know, they're, they're pricing out the the common man, but it's still, I'm still there. They got me hook, line sinker. I'll be there next year. Um, but now, now that Derby's over, I, 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 that's how my seasons work. I kind of go from, you know, talking season in college football, college football, NFL, of course, is throughout all of this bowl season. Once bowl season's over. I can officially start getting in the college basketball mindset and watch, you know, a ton of games. We had a, we had a good college basketball regular season NCAA tournament. Then you get the masters. Once the masters in it's derby time. And then now we're right in that, that recruiting talking season time. And uh, we'll get to some of the recruiting later, but the big talking season points nil in the transfer portal. It's got people all out of whack. We got, Dabo Sweeney, you know, having his typical hot takes. Uh, a, a lot of old men yells at clouds. And um, we even have the NCAA uh, actually saying something. They had a strongly I, – I would describe it as a strongly worded memo to yes. all of the NIL no Collective say saying, hey, uh, cut it out. Cut it out.
0: Yeah, NTA had their meetings, and it's a who's who. You know, your Ross Dellinger's, Nicole Auerbach's. Uh, some of the national people out there covering what's going on in Colorado. Ad Rick George um, was one of the guys I think quoted in a couple stories, pretty much saying, you know, we have to stop all this. People are cheating, like they can't be out there cheating. Um, it was really kind of a face for a bunch of schools behind the scenes, calling, complaining to the NCA. NCAA issues that statement um, last like Wednesday or Thursday, I believe. So a few days ago, um, it's pretty much like we—they are going to be investigating um, these collectives, yada yada yada. But I read that as more as like a warning kind of thing. Like, okay, you 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 know, it's wild west right now, but we are working on maybe coming up with guidelines, and then once those are in place, you can't you can't do that anymore. So just just be ready for that. So yeah. they're still trying to figure things out. But the problem with NCAA NCA is there's really, there weren't any NIL guidelines because they had, they had, they were working on a system uh, according to Ross Dellinger, which pretty much had, um, some antitrust issues. Um, it was, they were going to cap off the money you can make, you get money from yada, yada, yada. Um, and then when, when it went to the Supreme court, it passed nine, the, nothing, the Ralston case and was pretty much like, you can't put caps on the, on them. They can go out in the free market and make as much as they want. Um, if you do that, that you're gonna have you're gonna be breaking labor laws pretty much is how I've kind of comprehended that, and so it's it's a mess, obviously. Um, but I think there's a lot of traction to get stuff fixed right now. You had Greg Sankey, SEC commissioner, Pac-12 commissioner G- G- George Kleofkoff um, go to Congress and ask for help. So they're trying. They're going in the right direction. Um, it's just we're gonna have. You know, we're just gonna have to see where that that leads, and then what does what problems does that this next solution create? Because it's kind of a lingering effect here until right. we figure it. Years un- into this, There's right?
1: There's always unintended consequences.
0: Well, we don't even know what like Nick, we don't know what the real like market rate for these players is. Um, our our company on three has a pretty cool tool, which is kind of like their their name image likeness value, but the sample size is just not there, right? Right. So you don't have a lot of cases to pull from there's not there's not a lot of data where we're like oh this is what you should expect this is the value of so-and-so player um so there's the market is just outrageous because of that and so you're seeing some quarterbacks get paid eight and a half million dollars um, is he real like is he worth that much maybe i mean it depends are you gonna is your boosters gonna be able to throw in that money get that every year for players because thing with like these collectives is it's not just like a one-time big donation, you still have to go and dip back into that fund again and again. You have to keep donating um, these massive amounts of money if you're going to pay players this certain amount. So, like, that's eventually going to level off, you would assume. And so just, there's a lot of stuff to figure out. I mean, we're still going in blind on this. Um, getting a, a, a right leader there for the NCAA would probably be a step forward in the right direction. <laughs> right, yeah. But there's also scuttlebutt of – the Super League potentially happening, right? Um, Notre Dame AD Jack Swarbrick says – or believes that in the 2030s, the SEC, and I believe the ACC are both up for um, TV renewals, TV contract. Um, and the Big Ten is, like, going into theirs right now. I mean, the Pac-12 has got one looming. So, like, if they all decide to come together and be like, let's not sign anything big until we're all on the free market together – um, in the 2030s, then you could see maybe the, the four like the four five power leagues or four power leagues might be with the Big 12 maybe backing out, um, kind of going off on their own and creating their own league. So there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen um, in, in this next decade.
1: Yeah, in the um, <laughs> the thing to me to to get back to the the point of origin, a lot of the nil. Problems were because the NCAA was not out in front. Like they didn't, they they drug their feet for so long that by the time these state legislators had their NIL laws ready to go into effect, they couldn't do anything about. It. Their hands were kind of tied.
0: Yeah, a lot of that went into um, the Ralston case. Um, they were coming up with kind of their what they saw as right NIL guidelines. Um, and then when that when that happened, they just said, "F it." Pretty much, you mm-hmm. all just go and do what you want to do. Let's sign Mark Emmer to a contract extension. Let him <laughs> throw a couple more money, uh, a couple more million in his pockets, and ride out this. I mean, it's just been. I mean, it's been bad leadership, obviously, uh, for a while now. Not getting in front of the front of the storm, mm-hmm. like you're saying. You're, you're you're just walking in blind, and that, the- we're just gonna have to the next five or six years. We're just gonna have to figure out what's going to be best for college football and college athletics in general.
1: Yeah. In NCAA, the throwing the money at Emmert has just never made sense to me because he's not, they're running short on enforcement staff. So like, if you want to keep having these rules, you have to enforce them or else nobody's going to abide by them. And that's the thing about the memo that I thought was the funniest part is it, it really was a, uh just a warning without any teeth because they're still in trying to adjudicate cases from two and three years ago so like it's hard for anybody to take them seriously when pre-nil violations still have not been i mean louisville they're still with their dealing with their stuff kansas you know it goes on and on so uh, right now I, i i think moving forward um if you look at it from UK standpoint, they have kept their shop in line without the, we'll take care of you once we get here, but we're not going to give you some guaranteed deal, deal like rogue, some of these uh, other
0: places. There's not the rogue agents, I think you would say, as there are in other places.
1: Right, right. So I, I think that in general, oh, if anything, these places, the smart way to go about it is, just don't go and start blabbering your deals off everywhere and telling the athletic about your operation, all this stuff, and you probably aren't going to get in trouble if you're able to keep things quiet. If you don't buy the pink Cadillac, then you're going to be oh. all right. You don't know? be like Tennessee and Miami. is pretty much what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, and, uh, is anybody surprised that Tennessee and Miami are the ones flaunting their money the most? the The, the funniest part of this, all the most ironic, is Tennessee. They told on themselves about putting cash in McDonald's bags just to get rid of Pruitt, just so they could come up with a better way to pay players under a new coach.
0: <laughs> yeah, they just can't help themselves. Uh, I thought when that was first reported, I was like, why are they telling, like, why are they being up this up front with this? Uh, you know, players, they can get the players to find out. I guess, you know, they're, it's Tennessee. And then Miami was just, I mean, they were announcing deals on Twitter. Eight hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars guaranteed to your con- like a contract. announcing a contracting bill um, for Nigel pack a Kansas state transfer. So yeah it's um, it's
1: it's a different world and, and I, I think we're heading, um, into. from uh, to to d- get it back on track with Kentucky and its recruiting efforts look at we haven't we haven't heard much at all from Kentucky this off offseason. This has been the quietest offseason for leaks when it comes to recruiting, who's visiting, you know, stuff like that. And I, I think it's because Kentucky would like to be operating under the radar, unlike your Tennessees and Miamis. Uh, from uh, The basketball program has been very loud about how we're not offering guaranteed deals and stuff. Kentucky's just, you know, Stoops has mentioned – Hey, we, we don't like what they're doing, but we're supportive of Nil. I think a lot of the quiet stuff, look like at this, is, maybe I'm being galaxy brain here. Maybe it's because we heard about the Jordan Addison reported deal uh, for 800K to go to UK from a, a pit rival site. Maybe they're being much quieter because they'd like to, to handle their business where uh, competing offers aren't going to knock them. Out of contention for some of these guys.
0: There definitely seems to be an information embargo uh, going on. Uh, there's no leaks happening right now uh, in recruiting. So there's new targets emerging all the time that that, quite frankly, I'm like a little stunned by. Uh, not in a bad way, just at, that that wasn't even in the the realm of my uh, my view. Um, Zion Childress. Texas State transfer. We've been told that they're not interested in any more transfers. Um, but they are, <laughs> apparently, they are interested yeah, in some I, transfers.
1: I, I think the day after that came out, you got the Jordan Robinson guy from D2. And yeah. then now they're, they got another. Yeah, guy dude, Texas I was going to bring up Jordan
0: Robinson games. too. So that's two guys right there that was just like, oh, oh,
1: okay. <laughs> so you know, there's got to be more, right? Like, it, it, and we're only finding out about them. Once the player comes public, you know? And you have to – they've
0: had a lot of success working in the shadows, specifically John Summerall and Scott Woodward, I would say. Yeah. Scott Woodward pulled a big commitment in this class, Shamar Porter, uh, which came out of left field. Uh, Summerall has had some big surprises. Josiah Hayes, obviously, Trevin Wallace – but um, so there's probably some prospects out there that we just don't even know about, and we're going to learn about them here over the next few months. But it's it's official visit season, Nick.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Beginning in June, schools can host 2023 prospects on campus for official visits. You look around on Twitter for recruits in other schools. There are extravagant graphics about schools locking in official visits. The only one I've seen, like, confirmed so far is Kamari Burns, who's visiting June 6th, and that was reported by Alan True, who's kind of the Midwest 247 recruiting writer.
1: I think he's has So he uh, got Detroit that in an interview. East. Yeah.
0: Right. So there's just – I mean, it's a, there's a lot of quiet stuff going on. Like, we just – there's just not getting anything getting out. So um, it, it's going to make covering this class a little difficult. Uh, there's – at one time, we thought this was going to be a strong in-state crop. Now it's seeming like the Kentucky may have cooled on some of the in-state prospects. Um, I believe Justin Rowland reported uh, that city Clements, has, he's got two officials scheduled but none to Kentucky. Um, so that's kind of a sign, um, especially with if a summer announcement is the plan there, which I would assume it is. So, yeah, I mean, it's just – it's just, it's just strange, and I I don't know what the reason for that is. Maybe it's they think they they can get in on some big fish. Maybe it's because this is going to be a small class. You know, maybe they loaded up last year when maybe they wanted to keep it smaller. Maybe they don't they don't need a huge crop this year. Maybe they think they, they got some good traction on, for a potential big twenty twenty four class. So yeah, so it's just, and it's, it's just interesting,
1: and especially because if you go to the. Back to the normal well, like Ohio, there's not a whole lot happening there. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, uh, the the defensive lineman, Kamari. It's Burns, right? I, yeah, out of Columbus. Louisville's got a Kamari land, so I, I get those two mixed up. Um, but uh, – and, and then Jermaine Matthews, he announced a commitment date today. Anthony on July Brown 4th. is the other
0: big target in Ohio, too. Springfield wide receiver. I mean, those yes. are kind of the three right now. And then there's an offensive lineman – They've been poking around with. Let me find his name here on my spreadsheet. Uh, I just, I was just, I just did some research on this kid today. It's not important, but there's another kid from Ohio, um, offensive guard. uh, They're they're recruiting. So uh,
1: yeah, there's. But but the the thing is, is it's hard, but not a lot, right? Right, right. Like we can only can only do so much with so little info and there's just not a lot out there and i i think that's a concerted effort by kentucky and i would i would more likely than not I, i tend to believe that that's a good sign um uh just because of like what you said earlier that kentucky when they work in the shadows they typically do pretty well uh but i just we we don't know What's back there? What's behind the curtain? And so it's going to be relatively quiet until we get those camps rolling around in June where you actually just, like, start running into guys that are on official visits or guys that are camping. Uh, I know those camps, it'll be the first and second Sundays in June, the 3rd and 12th, or I want to say, or 5th and 12th. Uh, Yeah, that sounds right, the 5th and the 12th. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously... Uh, glean a lot more from those experiences but I, I have a feeling that the month of May we're not going to have a ton of recruiting revelations uh, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing but you know what June might roll around and there might not be a ton of kids on campus and then that's when you might start scratching your head because the one the one difference if you look back on Kentucky's two most successful seasons that 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 10 win season did not they didn't sign a big class uh, in, in 2019, uh, and I believe that's the class that had all the kids transfer out, right? That um, like half of them are already gone. Is that is that right, Luckett? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That that class essentially amounted to nothing. You needed two years to get that recruiting bump. Following this recent one, they signed a great haul while having that that 10 win. Season, and you would expect that momentum to keep going um, if history is going to repeat itself. So, uh, I would think they're ahead of ahead of schedule, but we just don't know right now.
0: Yeah, the, the staff turnover, obviously. They just lost some really good recruiters when you look at Summerall. Mm-hmm. Wolfert was making some big noise. And even before last year, uh, losing Klinkscale, who was obviously landing some guys, especially in the Detroit area. So, just a lot of turnover overall and the guys trying to stabilize themselves um, we still need to learn about Zach Yenzer as a recruiter um, Chris Collins is still attempting to get established so there's just a lot of a lot of moving parts there right so you got a lot of new, new staff um, lost some proven guys on the recruiting trail and then you add up the factors maybe Ohio and Kentucky or it's not as good as crop as maybe what one thought, and then it leads to maybe them trying to be quiet because they're on some targets. They don't want that getting publicized. And because of the success they've had, like we said, working in the shadows, uh, maybe they prefer that, but I mean, we'll see. I mean, if it, if they start getting hot here, I don't think they're going to be withholding information. We're probably going to hear a lot more of stuff happening. So it just, we're just going to have to see how this thing develops.
1: Well, now that we've touched on recruiting a little bit, it is talking season. So we need to get to some talking. We've got our first few editions of preseason top 25s, including one from Mr. Adam Luckett. You put out a KSR's pre post-spring top 25. And the first thing I want to ask you about, Clemson, number four, really? Okay.
0: So let, let, let's start here, right? <laughs> Putting this together, like the easiest, like one two is pretty easy. One two three is pretty easy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But Nick, like when I'm going through this, I had really I had one two three was a tier, mm-hmm. um, and I think Georgia was a distant third, at least right now. Four five six and seven, these are all just kind of the prove it teams. All these teams recruit at like a top ten, to top five level. So Clemson, I'm going to bet that was a blip on the radar last year. Ten and three still last year. But they, they've had three consecutive top five recruiting classes. Um, so I lean more toward that. But then you get to eight, through really through probably 25, maybe 22. I would say eight through 22. You, I mean, I could have heard – I had you taught eight, but I could have listened and you could have told me, well, I think uh, – I think – Texas should be at eight. They got talent. They, they should be at eight. I would have been like, okay, maybe you're right. Or I think Oklahoma should be at eight. Or I think USC should be at eight. All these teams, I think um, you're splitting hairs. And I think Kentucky's in that group. Um, so you had to you had to put them somewhere. So I ended up putting, putting these guys, putting these teams in some specific order. And I tried to balance it out as best I could. Um, but that that's really what it is. I think this year more than any other, Nick, there is really – I think the two, two top two teams are pretty clear. Um, I think Georgia's right there behind them, but after that they, that next group of probably 4 through 35, I think is really close, which could make an interesting college football season.
1: The uh, the thing with Clemson it it's it's and then that's how it is with a lot of teams. It's a quarterback play and I don't know yeah, oh uh probabilities here, okay? They got two five-stars, right? K.
0: Klubnick's a guy people really like. Won the lead 11 last year. If DJU stinks like he did last year, I think they have a legitimate option behind him. In they which did they didn't last have
1: last year. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing with DJU is I, I don't like to do that where you just toss out the horse's last race when handicapping. But, you know, if you're one of those that can, you could just say Georgia made everybody see ghosts last year, and he just – could never recover after that opening game. Like I, I, I could maybe be sold on that, but I also just love to hate on Clemson and Dabo because Dabo just, Dabo's always got takes. That that dude, he should pull a Tom Brady and just quit and get into TV because he would be the ultimate just uh, pairing. Imagine him with Stephen A. on first take. Like that. That is what we need because you want to talk about having some some wild, absurd. Oh, oh yeah gosh that would be oh we'll get we'll hear something uh from him this year because
0: he went on even i didn't want to wait for this year he went on a ACC morning show packer and durham today i believe today wednesday either wednesday or tuesday it was pretty much like yeah they had the u-haul out in front of my house they were it wasn't just they weren't picking our sending people to sit up it was u-haul it was like you get your stuff and get out like that yeah, but we're not we're not buying this right now, okay? You've won two <laughs> national championships, like, get get out of here. But, yeah, yeah. he's going to have takes, especially on the transfer portal potentially. And if they're winning, he's going to snap back at everybody for saying he's maybe doing stuff the wrong way. Um, so you're going to get all that. And, like, Clemson, man, you look at the defense, um, you look overall at their draft. They really had a, didn't have a good draft. Kentucky had more draft picks than Clemson. Um, obviously, Justin Ross was a popular one, falling all the way out. Um, but there was a, a, some other prominent players that went undrafted for them this season, but that's kind of twofold. A lot of reason for that is because a lot of them are returning. Um, so you look at the, the defensive line specifically, they're going to be really loaded up front and that, that can s- solve a lot of problems. And like I said, if they just get above average quarterback play and Kate Klubnick looks like a guy that could potentially be an NFLer, uh, you don't have to ride through DJ used nine touchdown, 10 interception year again. You can actually get a guy in there at quarterback. So that would be uh, my case on them.
1: Are, are there any teams that you're more bullish on, uh, you know, uh, not notwithstanding with, who we mentioned there at eight, but are there any teams you're much more bullish on than maybe you'll find in some other
0: yeah, preseason I, I know, top 25s? I did this in the research. Like, I'm going to bet Minnesota to win the Big Ten West hmm after re after doing some research on them they just they survived the mike sanford jr experiment right he's out it's hard to do too man they survived it um with a big year last year in the last two seasons if you take out the covid year they're 20 and 6 in regular seasons with a 13 to 5 mark in big 10 play um i bet a lot of people don't know that um, Tanner Morgan's back again at quarterback, the Ryle um, For here in northern Kentucky. Seventeen. college
1: right. football season.
0: He's been there forever. <laughs> They're bringing Kurt Soraka back, who's worked with Fleck a long time. Their coordinator's been there a while. Mo Ibrahim, who played high school ball with Josh Paschal, was really good. Um, they won all those games without him. He got hurt that first game of the year against Ohio State. He was having a monster game. Uh, he's good. They're good on the line of scrimmage. They've got, they've got a couple guys at receivers I like. Um, all three levels of defense are pretty good. And, like, P.J. Fleck's just good. I mean, it's just – he's a good coach. And so, we've seen kind of a revolving, revolving door in that Big Tim West. They seem like they have the pieces to maybe be the favorite to win that this year. Um, and we've seen them beat all these teams recently. And so, I think Minnesota is a team you could look up, and they're they're 10-2 and two and Flex the candidate for the next blue blood job, whoever comes open after the season.
1: I will say P.J. Fleck is uh... – He's one of those guys that rubs people the wrong way.
0: He's a quiet taste. There's no doubt about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say Dabo, but like his uh, his stick is not popular among the coaching community. But he, if Ibrahim's good, I mean, he was awesome in that Thursday night opener until he got hurt. Uh, if he can be good, I, I can see that happening. The one that I really wanted to push back on is Pitt being a good football team. Uh, Maybe it's because I think Kenny Pickett is going to be an outstanding quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can't replace a legend like that. Didn't know Keaton Slovis ended up at Pitt. Was, yeah. where, was Slo, where was he? Was he at USC last year? Yeah, he was at USC, and it then was just,
0: he got hurt. He's been hurt a lot in his career. That's really kind of stunted his growth. But he was the guy who replaced JT Daniels. JT Daniels yeah. blows out his knee. Keaton Slovis comes in and was awesome as a true freshman. I um, mean, then was up and down after that. Very at SC. Um, so he's at Pittsburgh now, yeah. And you look at Pittsburgh, I would have been higher on them probably if Jordan Addison um, didn't move. Right, right. Which- I don't love that he changed offensive coordinators, but Narduzzi um, defensively, they're putting guys in the draft consistently, um, especially on the defensive line. They've had three consecutive top 30 defenses. Um, I think they could be really good on defense this year. Um, so they're, if you're looking for Clemson stop competition potentially in the ACC, um, it's Pitt if Slovis comes in and plays well.
1: Two teams that I think are very similar in question marks, but also have a ton of potential USC and Ole Miss. Because even though, I mean, they just have so much turnover in the transfer portal, uh, just so much. And you don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, from Ole Miss's perspective, they got the USC, former USC tight end, Michael Trigg. Uh, and they got a former USC quarterback in Jackson Dart. So you would think that they have enough talent there. But SEC West, you know, that can be an absolute gauntlet. And I could very well see this being a, uh, you know, Lane Kiven's name was kind of out there as like, oh, maybe Lane's yeah. on the move. Like that yeah, might that's have what it been. like to me. Right. That might have been a. I'm trying to get out. While the going's good, because they just had such a great season. And meanwhile, Mississippi State, like I could see Mississippi State being the the, the best team in Mississippi, and maybe the best team in the West to compete with Alabama for that title. Uh, not not just because Will Rogers is back, but also that that defense, it give people fits. It, it really does. So I I could almost see them being. That might be one more that's, that's worth rolling the dice. I'm going to be interested to see when that wind tell will come out.
0: USC and Ole Miss are very similar to me in that they're just they're so transfer heavy. Uh, it's going to be like half of their starters are going to be from the portal. Uh, that can either really hit well, like we saw with Michigan State last year, or they just hit a big home run with their transfer portal ads. Or it could potentially go in the, the other direction. Um, I think you could kind of throw LSU in this pot. Um, and there's some other schools that have loaded up on the portal um, where they they're just got a large variance because of that. Um, now, Ole Miss, like, I look at them, and it, it's going to be an interesting case study on Kiffin as a head coach to me because they are going to have to show, show some evolution here. Um, they've got pieces on defense now where this can be a good defense. So can that defense play to its potential? And they, there's a quarterback issue. Like if you watched the spring game, um, you probably didn't because you're not a crazy person like me. But both Jackson Dart and Luke Altmyer struggle to throw the ball in the spring game. Um, at receiver, they have wide receiver issues. Questions. Giffen um, straight up told the uh, the sideline reporter in the spring game that they're just not good. At, they're not good at receiving right now. They got to get better. They got to get a lot better. Jordan Watkins was maybe their top receiver in the spring game outside of trick. And Jordan Watkins was Louisville's second best receiver last year. Um, Solid player, but he shouldn't be your top, or one of your top guys, I would say. He's a good number three.
1: Right, right.
0: And so that, that, so for that, but they're going to have to lean into the run game. Like they should have a solid old line and they added Zach Evans from TCU. Who's got game breaking potential. Um, So they're going to have to get, I think, a little bit more run heavy this year and lean on their defense some. Um, So is he still going to be put on the gas 100% trying to run 90 plays a game? Or does he try to slow it down, play this defense a little bit more, and use use those stable backs he has? Um, So I'm very interested to see Ole Miss, how they kind of adjust. Because it's a big year, I think, for Kiffin. Because the, the thing on him in his career was he's had big seasons. It's stability layering together good seasons so the great seasons can become a little easier to achieve I'm avoiding the, the roller coasters the peaks and valleys and so this is a big year for that can he can he do that will the portal help him do that can they keep winning consistently because that West division, Alabama's gonna win it, but after that like, we think Alabama's gonna win it, and AM's the second most talented team. But after that, I mean it, who knows what could happen in that division. Auburn and LSU are total wild cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mississippi State seems like they're rising with Mike Leach. Expectations are high for Ole Miss. Um Arkansas expectations are really high. A&M's someone's gotta finish last there.
1: Recruited their faces off. You right. Know.
0: Someone's gotta someone's gonna go four and eight, five and seven, two and six in the league. So who's it going to be? We all think it's going to be Auburn, but if they surprise people, then who's going to replace them at the bottom? Um, Who's going to be six if Auburn tanks? Um, That sixth-place team's not going to be happy. I'll tell you that right now. So the West, it's just watching how that unfolds is going to be very interesting to watch, I think. And a coach is going to go from in a really good spot to potentially on the hot seat, but that's just how that division works.
1: The uh if you look back through Lane Kiffin's resume, there are a lot of those seasons that pop his second season at USC, 10 wins. Second season Ole Miss, 10 wins. Uh Kiffin's final two seasons at yes in at USC, 10 total wins, you know. So it uh it can get away quickly. And and now I don't want to say he's reached the promised land or a destination job, but you know, being at a, a Pro, uh, program that was once very prolific i mean in the 60s they were a national powerhouse but like that's a place you can have some success for a long time if you do things right and uh to kind of steer the conversation in one final direction the scheduling it's 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 going to change soon uh our favorite yeah. summertime topic on 11 personnel it's back pod scheduling <laughs> yeah we got the pods back because uh, among the Kind of, kind of hidden behind the the nil. Hey, you be quiet. The NCAA also moved to eliminate restrictions on conference championship games. Uh, as of right now, in order to have a conference championship game, it has to be the winners of two divisions. If you have twelve teams or more, if you have less than twelve, then you got to play a round robin schedule to do it, just like what the Big Twelve has. By removing, hey, I, didn't this, know, I didn't know that. I I didn't either. I just assumed that it was just the way that the kind of how it of, works. right right like that, that that was just the um everything coming to form but that was an actual rule they're going to remove that stipulation because when texas and oklahoma come to the sec that's going to be a 16 team conference and you're just never going to end up playing everybody so what it does is it opens the door for all of these big leagues to do what the acc did during the covid year and that's play a little bit of everybody teams with the best winning percentage, or maybe the teams that are the highest ranked in the college football playoff rankings will meet to determine a conference champion, which look at Kentucky's benefited from the divisions from the sec East being lighter. If you look at the most recent odds to win the sec, the four teams at the bottom are all on Kentucky's schedule and, and three of them are in the East. So, Kentucky's benefited from it, and if once these changes go into effect, I don't. I, it's probably you know still a year or two away, but it's coming. Uh, this, this move by the NCAA uh, made it uh, somewhat of an inevitability. Yeah, I mean we've talked about it here for a couple of years now.
0: It's just only a matter of time. That's why it's really important for Kentucky. So it's going to be easier to get the SEC championship now than it will be whenever this goes into effect well Um, the ACC is pushing for their change to happen in 2023 Um, Greg Sankey has not been one to be behind the eight ball when it comes to some of this evolution no not at all so this could be I mean conceivably this could be the last year if it's not the last year at I mean it'll be whatever Texas and Oklahoma come in right so that could be 2023 it could be 2024 it could be 2025 we don't really know
1: my guess while I get on that is that 2024 is when the ESPN deal deal kicks in my guess is it's then because then they'll have more cash to be able to help them pay out of their their exit early exit fee um but that's why the window see the window might just be this year for kentucky to get to atlanta i don't want to sound um like now or never it's right, impossible but, yeah. but like you it's just the, well
0: just you've the got, got the quarterback
1: just, the odds are just better at this year right yeah you've got the quarterback eight you've home got, games uh, yeah eight home games you get Georgia at home in the uh, SEC finale in no, the winner take winner winner take all. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, just looking on paper, Elena or bust. <laughs> the game mm-hmm. at Tennessee ain't gonna be easy. But um, yeah, it's uh, it feels like the time is now for Kentucky to to take advantage of what they have uh, going for them this year.
0: Yeah, it's all there, obviously. got There's got to be developments that are going to have to happen. Uh, Kentucky's going to have to win all their fair share of close games, obviously. But that, they're going to have a chance, right? We think yeah. they're going to have a legit shot at maybe getting there if some things go their way. Uh, but we but we got to get there. Uh, the will yeah. Levis buzz, draft buzz, is palpable. Yep. So that's obviously um, – creating a bump here in the summer heading into the year. Nick, like, I don't think we're really talking about it. I think it's most, this is more like a deeper summer uh, discussion, but, like, this is going to be the, the most anticipated season that I can remember. I mean, maybe 07 was more anticipated.
1: Yeah, and there was a lot of hype for 18 because so many guys came back. I think 20 – I think people were excited about 2020, but –
0: pandemic hit, right right she had a lot of pieces returning but this is of the snoops era this is going to be the most hyped up season i'm very interested to see the season ticket sales this summer
1: yeah yeah
0: how are they progressing i because i would assume that they're, they're going to reach high numbers here and it's not going to be an issue selling tickets
1: no you've got some good games at home uh, got Everybody's, Louisville at home georgia at home
0: Mm-hmm. everybody's kind of pointing that Georgia game but there's also some other good games you get good games in November this year mm-hmm. there's reasons to go to the stadium in November you're playing Georgia in Louisville um, it's not UT Martin there yeah. at the end
1: right right Man. so
0: that, that's, a, that's UT Martin New Mexico State that's exciting mm-hmm. um, for fans and it all leads to like Vince Merrill again in the interview with Matt Jones Drew Franklin Ryan Lemon, on Oaks Friday, um, brought it up again how the goal is pretty much to win the East and how they, they weren't ready in 2018. I um, mean, I've talked about this before, but it wasn't just the team. I don't think – I don't think – it says a fan base was really ready for that either.
1: <laughs> no, no, we weren't.
0: <laughs> that whole year, I think, snuck up on everybody. We couldn't believe it. The way they won against Missouri was just crazy. Right. The way Kentucky was winning that year, I just think a lot of people just had a hard time comprehending that, like winning with defense and running the ball. good
1: right, pass. Right.
0: Like that whole, that whole year was just like – was a, everybody's mind was in a pretzel. But now I think they've seen, seen it now. Now there's a quarterback to believe in. Everybody's going to be all in. And like the big part about what I mentioned, the fan base wasn't ready. Like Georgia was in that stadium hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's why I bring up the season ticket sales. If that plays out like we think it could, that's a huge game in November. You know, if you, if you got a hot, if you don't have tickets to sell, it's harder for those folks to buy them. That mm-hmm. can create a better atmosphere for the game.
1: Right. Right.
0: Kentucky's going to be more, uh, more ready to play. But I agree with Mary on that sentiment. Like they played a lot better. I thought this past year and then, at Georgia, even though they were down 30-7 to seven at one point. Um, there were some moments in that game, if it breaks the other way for them, it's a lot yeah. closer. And Georgia was a juggernaut,
1: obviously. right? Ball bouncing the right way. Uh, there, there was certainly more of a confidence uh, on that U.K. sideline. And that's – I mean, if you look at just the trajectory of Stoops' tenure, the first few years, they just had to figure out how to win, how to close out those games, how to show up on Saturday and know that they have a chance. And, and that happens – when you're playing against the juggernauts like Georgia, there was one assistant I was talking to who was like, yeah, you remember watching Wandale? He, he was running the same speed as everybody. We need more guys like that. They've recruited like that uh, to get those guys and the table set the table set for an enormous season. And the exciting thing, lucky is yep. we still got uh, weeks and weeks to talk about it. Uh, we're uh, about 110 days away from kickoff, I believe. So still a long ways to go, but, uh, how, do you, how do you eat? So how do you eat all. an elephant, one bite at a time? Right. <laughs> so now
0: we're we're in the summer months. Let's just take it. You know, it's big to dream, but uh, step by step, um, got time all summer to dream. Right now, it's about building the roster. Right? Do we do we see Kentucky add another transfer? No. Oh, yeah. um, it's about 2023 recruiting. Um, they really need to start creating some momentum here in the summer that's how you get a bump into the season like they really need to start getting some commits taking those bites gaining
1: gaining some traction taking those bites just a little bit of a tusk here a little bit of trunk (laughs) there maybe an ear elephant ears are delicious you know Uh, I don't think I can finish a whole one by myself we can share an elephant ear put some extra powdered sugar on that
0: thing he can get out to the the uh, what's it called uh, they're in Derby. Uh, food, oh, the uh, chow the food. wagon? They don't call it the food truck. chow wagon. I was going to call it Derby food truck, which is kind of what it is. So didn't get out to that this year, but we'll have the fair this summer to get some of those elephant ears. There we go. But
1: yeah, There we go. Well, More of hit-
0: a uh, deep fried Oreo over here. Oh, I can't
1: blame you. Those things are amazing. Um, but it's time <laughs> It's time for us to go. It's been a joy. Hope you all uh, enjoyed hanging out with us to talk us a little ball in the second week of May. Still got a long way to go, but we'll be biting that elephant all summer long. For Adam it, I'm Nick Rush. Go Cats, and go Kroger.